Hello and welcome to the Naval Air Podcast with your hosts, Mike and Scott. And we're back and we're going to talk about moving on to our next stop. Actually, we're done with training at this point, right, Scott? Yep, this is, uh, we're coming to the end of the, uh, the pipeline now and we're finally going to a fleet squadron. And... You want to you want to go over all yeah, the steps? Yeah, so I'm going to just kind of give you a a, a recap here. So so here we are. Uh, for me, uh, March 22nd, um, heading for HSL 37 at NAS Barbers Point, and we're talking March 22nd, 1984, and I started in the Navy in November 17th, 1982. So it's taken that long to work my way through the AW pipeline, uh, completed uh, boot camp, Naval Air Crewman Candidate School, AWA School, uh, rescue swimmers training, uh, survival evasion resistance, resistance and escape training, Common Core uh, acoustic analysis training, made it through the fleet replacement squadron, and uh, was advanced uh, third class petty officer. So, uh, been in the Navy, uh, gosh, uh, almost 18 months. Oh, almost 18 months. So, pretty long way is getting here, but that day's finally arrived. And, and actually, I remember quite a bit of this, maybe because it was just such a, uh, uh, you know, a, another big adventure that I was embarking on. I have a lot of memories of it. So, that's a good thing. It's not like the, the cobwebs on that have grown too too thick. <laughs> too thick. So let me yeah. a, let me ask you when when your class proctor sat down with you in your class. Yeah. You know, basically you had three choices, right? To to go here from from here. Yes. HSL thirty three and HL thirty five, right in the hangars next door at North Island, or HSL thirty seven to Hawaii. Yes. So what what was your choice? What was your order choice? Um, my first choice was uh, HSL 37, then HSL 33, and then HSL 35. For some reason, HSL 35 was not the squadron that it most people wanted to go to. I don't know. I don't really can't remember why, but that was the one it didn't have the bad everybody reputation. wanted to avoid yes. going to. Yes, it did not have the good uh, reputation. <laughs> no, it did not. I, I think it had something to do with the... The, uh, as we used to refer to the, the command climate at the time. Yes, and it, it turned out to be actually a good a good good decision. Yeah, because yeah. a, a little bit later something came out of thirty five. We'll talk about it, but something came out that really cemented it later on. That oh my gosh, I do, I dodged a bullet not going there. So, yeah, exactly. So Hawaii was your first choice, right? And and why was Hawaii your first choice? Well, I mean, I just kind of had it in my mind that uh, I wanted to go somewhere other than San Diego and an opportunity to be in Hawaii. And I also knew at the time they had two four deployed detachments in Japan. So I really also wanted to do that. Uh, and of course, HSL 33 had one uh, detachment over in Japan, but I really wanted to go to Hawaii and I also really wanted to go to Japan and all those things ultimately worked out in I, my favor. I was not aware that 37 maintained two four deployed debts. Yeah. Yeah. They had two over there. And of course you guys had the one. Yeah. They had uh, three uh, or four Knox class frigates over there. 
I think. No, three. They had the the Knox, the Knox, ten fifty two, the Kirk. Yep. The Francis Hammond, and there may have been one other one. I don't remember uh, remember the name of them. And then they had the Ollendorf over there, which was a sprue can, yeah. Spruance class, yeah. Um, and when I was deployed over there, our other debt was on the Spruance. So I mean, on the uh, Spruance class ship, the the Ollendorf. So they really lucked out. And then yeah. we, of course, we were on the very first Knox uh, FF ten fifty two lead ship of the class. <laughs> and of the th- actually of the three that I deployed on that was the best of the three even though it was the but it was in japan and the japanese uh in uh the uh shipyard take very good care of uh the assets that we have over there very good uh that's why the midway was there for so long because they took such good care of that boat's in good shape even now sitting as a museum for the past shoot 15 years take take pride in their work so all right, so, so, so 37 was your first choice. Okay, so you got your first choice. Yep, yep, got my first choice. Uh, you know, when I, I finished the syllabus uh, in, in like, I think when you talked about it, it was like uh, after some, sometime between the 15th of January and the 30th of January, I completed all of my training. And now I'm waiting for what they call a uh, a port call. It may have been, it may have been early February. I have to look at but it, but I basically went, the entire month of February, I actually flew like almost 50 hours uh, in the month of February. They just used me up as a sandbag um, on the schedule, which wasn't a bad thing. I really didn't have to do anything. I went to a couple of schools, uh, shipboard firefighting, things like that. Yeah. And uh, so this port call comes comes through, and, and that's basically, uh, I think, a Navy uh, – budgeting thing where you know they they make arrangements for you to travel they uh they get your plane ticket and all that so then the date came up march 22nd uh, and i checked out of the squadron and one of our mutual friends that uh we spoke about earlier that had a had a van that we used to do uh <laughs> different uh road trips in randy he actually gave me a ride to the airport and at the time um, you know, over that 18 months, I kind of accumulated a, a little yeah, bit of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, know, I actually had like two foot lockers, <laughs> a sea bag, and maybe a, another like suitcase and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the airline, um, they were actually pretty cool because they saw I had orders. I was on active duty. They didn't charge me any, um, Extra baggage. Excess baggage. Okay. So, dropped me off at the airport. I got on a uh, SkyWest uh, Brasilia uh, turboprop so to go LA. from San Diego to LA. No, actually, no, that's not right. San Francisco. Uh, I was thinking of a different time. I went to San Francisco okay. from LAX, and then I got out on a United 747. Flew over to Honolulu. Got there at night. Of course, you always arrive somewhere yeah. at, at night. Maximum disorientation. <laughs> two guys that uh, Mike and I were acquainted with, and I know Mike has this policy right now. Of, we don't use any names, but uh, uh, two guys that were ahead of us, uh, one class ahead of me, two classes ahead of Mike, had already PCS, and one of them was my sponsor. When you PCS to a command, they appoint a sponsor. They're they're supposed to assist you in making a seamless yeah 
uh, uh, check into your squadron and kind of help you get oriented, pick you up at the airport, which they did. And at that time, was one uh, of them Cletus? Barber's Point. I'm using the, was the middle name, Cletus. Um, well, let's say one of them had a big melon and he was a redhead. <laughs> um, and the other one, un unfortunately, is no longer with it us. Does. Okay. All right. Um, so text me their names then. Yeah, I will I'll do okay. that. They they picked me up and then they took me to you know Barber's Point. And at this time, over where Barber's Point was, there really was like it was a weird. Uh, the airport in Honolulu is fairly close to uh, downtown Honolulu, and then as you go west on H two, because there's three main roads in Honolulu or in Honolulu, Oahu, H one, H two, and H three at the time. And I want to say that this was H1. And it, at the time, there was actually a lot of sugarcane fields, pineapple fields. Roll up to the main gate, and literally there's a street light and, a main, and the main gate guard shack. And this was before the Marines relinquished security to the Navy. And they had a Marine sentry there. And, uh, you know, rolled onto the base. And so they kind of rode me around just a little bit before taking me to the actual uh, squadron, and lo and behold, one of the AOs in our squadron uh, had gotten a DUI that night, okay. and, and was at the duty office when they when they when we showed up. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, got me checked in, and they put me in the uh, 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 temporary these temporary barracks, and these were barracks that were built during World War II, and they hadn't been renovated yet, and they weren't air conditioned. Um, and it was, this was the era, the, the people now would be shocked if they saw some of the conditions that, uh, we had, uh, in that era of the Navy, the Navy did not put as much money, probably the least of any of the branches of the service into their, uh, uh, living quarters. I don't know. That the, I, that the, I saw. The, the army was pretty uh, stingy too. Yeah. Yeah. But they had just re-innovated our actual squadron barracks, which were actually pretty nice. But um, I didn't get a room there for, I don't know, a little while, a couple, maybe a month or so. Wow, okay. And Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the, the where the building was was like right across from it. And it was within walking distance of the, the squadron. And the good thing about Barber's Point, unlike North Island, wasn't – it was big. It was actually really big, but – all the community stuff was all close enough that you could easily walk to it. So um, that was good. Um, I remember that very first night. Um, this is when they still had the beer machines in the in the in the barracks. You know, there was a TV lounge, and there was a guy that had just come back from deployment in AW, and I'll never forget he was drunk off his ass <laughs> drinking a bottle of vermouth and i'm like oh, oh my god is it straight oh, must be desperate right oh that's nasty. Uh, yeah it doesn't sound good at all <laughs> no. so this is kind of my introduction to uh my first squadron and uh you know barber's point like i said is kind of remote uh compared to uh you know the other bases and other parts of the island you know, I had all the basic facilities of all the other bases, but, you know, we had a relatively small base exchange or naval exchange uh, compared to some of the other ones and whatnot. 
the pizza place was actually like a trailer. It was a, um, uh, forget the name of the pizza chain. And we had a Baskin Robbins, pretty, pretty austere actually. Um, but I was, I, I was, I was happy to be there. I was really, uh, happy to be there. And, uh, you know, uh, ultimately, obviously, the, the morning came and I had to go over to the squadron and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, met up with some of the guys that I'd known previously. And then I'm meeting guys I'd never met before. You know, the the AW2s, these are the fleet AWs that had done a deployment before and I'm just a brand new guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, you're very quiet, kind of like, uh, you know, you have to um, see where you fit in and, you know, who the who the cool guys are and who, which guys you're going to kind of maybe uh steer clear of or yes that had the reputation yeah uh uh-huh yeah and uh you know they were all uh they were all pretty good uh uh pretty good guys uh as i recall the the uh you know the senior ones and uh since you're the new you know the newer guys uh and you're a third class now you're going to get the crappy jobs that are stuck with the operations department like they had a rotation where one of us had to come in in the morning and uh, it had a mezzanine. It was uh, these bigger hangers. These hangers were built back in the uh, late 40s, early 50s, when they used to have the uh, the Willie Victors, the Constellations, when the Navy did the barrier, yep. the airborne early warning barrier patrols. So they were big enough where you could fit like four Constellations in this thing. So it was a big hangar that we shared with uh, – VC-1, which was a fleet composite squadron that flew A-4s really? and TA-4s okay. and H-3s. They did like Ed Gresser squadron stuff. Okay. And target and tar- you know picking up torpedoes and searching re- uh, utility type stuff. And then there was also an Army helicopter unit in our squadron, an act an active duty one, uh, the 147th Transportation Company, and they flew CH-47 Chinooks. Um, so we had that. And then next door to us was VQ three fleet air reconnaissance squadron three or, uh, the Takama take charge. Okay. The E six, the E six B's. Okay. Well, at that time they were still flying the EC EC one thirty Q. Okay. And, and I always figured, I don't know how they, they were really fooling the Russians and I don't think they were trying to because they always had one taking off the same time every morning (laughs) to relieve the other one that's on station. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they they had a, the uh, HF antenna that they trailed underneath the aircraft, and they basically go around in a circle. You know, they communicate with the ballistic missile submarines. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they actually were uh, considered uh, under uh, for the supply system, and priority wise, they were treated like they were actually were actually in combat because they're doing a combat mission. Uh, with the ballistic missile deterrence patrols and whatnot. So nobody really knew many of those people. They just, they had like their hangar was really secure. You couldn't, it was almost like the strategic air command where they always had a security vehicle on their ramp. And, and if you crossed troops. the line of death, you're going to get yourself jacked up. So yeah, okay. we didn't really uh, commune with them at all. Um, so, Part of the routine of, uh, you know, the check-in, of course, is, you know, you do all the routine stuff, medical, dental, uh, pay records, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you went down to the PR shop, turned on, turned in all my flight gear, and 
Um, and a fleet squadron, HSL squadron, at least overseas at the time, and like VC1 next door, it was all predominantly female. All of our admin yeah. was all female. Yes. Our PRs, our supply, our maintenance admin, every one of them was a female. There wasn't one single male in any of those workspaces. So VC1, I say, was 70% female as far as the enlisted. And for them, at the time, that was for rotation was considered sea duty, believe it or not. Yeah, it was hard for... It's hard, this it's was hard at for, the era before women went on ships. Yeah, it was you know, hard for like girls it, to get sea duty. It wasn't a normal duty. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for girls to get sea duty. Um, so that created a lot of uh, soap opera uh, <laughs> with all the females and male guy, all you know, all the inner... Yeah. All those, as the prop turns or rotor turns or what and have you. And they're young, right? They're young. They got money. Yep. Yeah. A lot of them were cute, too, I got to say. Well, you know. Uh, but I didn't really... Uh, fool around with that i didn't think that was such a good idea so at some point now it's time to go flying and um i'll never forget my first flight was with uh aw2 mike headley who retired from the navy as a commander uh ldo type he's on my facebook really he was a really nice guy um my first flight believe it or not mike was to go out to a ship and do live hoisting and hyper it was a ship that was coming was doing what they call ref tray refresher Oof, training and okay. they had to recertify their deck similar to, to what i think you did uh, i think you said one of your first flights was like that well no no one of my one of my first uh sandbag flights you know where i was i was still at oh i was still at the rag oh okay it, and it was i mean i went i went out to the uss george phillip was a perry class frigate and we landed there at night. We landed there in the daytime. We got them, got them up and running. So yeah, that was. So I was and part of the uh, part of the the deal is now you're you're, you know, the chief that we had gives you a book. SH2F sensor operator personal qualification standard book about what uh, maybe half an inch thick. 8 by 11 book, and you're going to start getting all these things. you got to do these things six times, this thing twice. Yeah, yeah. And, That's... and when you get to the end of that and you have your plane captain and the skipper writes a letter, they send all that stuff in to the Naval Personnel Command, and, and back comes your Naval Air Crewman Certificate. Well, yeah. that's probably about a year away from now. So you, so you got weaned. a lot of work. Yeah. you got a lot of work to do. Um so got a lot of things signed off. Actually did a wet did wet hyphers. That's what was you know, here I was, boom, Oof. right into the really you know, real stuff here. Um, you know, we did uh hoisting and and whatnot. So that was pretty cool. Um little different than the uh training squadron that uh I had to do do was like uh we had a magazine, a ready service locker and one of your jobs, if you were the guy for the ready service locker, you had to go down and uh, take the temperature inside the ready service locker. Uh, I, I think I want to say twice a day. Really? Uh, yep. There was a thing in there. You wrote the temperature down. Uh, um, they had those metal racks with the, the grounding clips on them where they had the Mark 58s and the Mark 25s in there and the, in, and the, uh, cats, in your and cats. the cats for the sauna buoys. So you had to rig 
pick up your own stuff. And um, so they got you checked out on doing that. Um, and, of course, like I said, you had the duty where you had to maybe every sixth or seventh day you had to go. Be, you had to be the guy to buff the mezzanine, buff the quarter deck and make the coffee in the AW shop and in the wardroom. Um, what? They made you work yep. the ward? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to also buff the deck in there and empty the mouse traps and clean the uh, the heads. I'll never forget one time when we empty had a VIP coming trap. and there wasn't uh, toilet paper in the head. Oh. <laughs> and uh, whomever it was, you know, needed to use the head. So that, the, the XO was not too happy about that. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. So that, um, I find it interesting, though, that your squadron uh, – made you guys, you know, wax and buff a, a deck and yep. and make wardroom coffee. Did you guys have a yep. coffee mess? No. No we coffee mess? Nope, because they must have had some agreement with VC1 because they had a real going concern as a coffee mess there. Yeah. They had like a, because you like shared a snack a bar yeah. with about 20 seats in it. Uh, or more and they had all kinds of stuff in there and, and uh you know they had a couple of the little little female sailors working in there so that was really popular and i guess they had some kind of no comp they didn't want any competition interesting so we did not have one so okay because you, you shared a hanger so we had our own hanger right so yeah. i don't ever remember waxing and swabbing in the fleet squadron that was done by the first lieutenant's office. You know, the 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 maintenance ratings that were new to the squadron got sent to the first lieutenant. Right. First lieutenant. No, we had a first lieutenant that did other stuff, but the operations department was responsible for for the top side, the mezzanine, which was like that walkway that went along the length of the hangar. Yeah. The wardroom and um, the quarter deck. Yeah. So. We had a coffee mess, so we didn't have to, you know, if you wanted coffee, you went to the coffee mess and got it. it yeah. Was a little, it was a little sliver of a room between maintenance control and the tool yeah. shed or the PR yeah, shop. I, I it was a really tiny. I remember. Um, so, yeah, there, that's why there, there was no coffee making for for us. We didn't. And 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 the field day, the cleaning happened uh, with the duty section. You know, you know, duty section would muster at sixteen thirty, right? And yeah. you know, all the E three and below sweep, sweep the decks, empty the trash, give the head a, a once over. I mean, that happened every day, right? Um, and then if you're not on duty, go home. If you're got a watch, you may as well better go relieve your whoever you have to relieve to get your watch going so uh, yeah i don't ever remember a big field day having to do that in the fleet squadron yeah and my and my first flight was jumps sar jumps my first two oh, flights because okay. you know it was a it was a confluence of me arriving because i was the only guy because there's only three people in my class leaving 31 me mm-hmm. posting and mercer mm-hmm. and you and know george went to 35 george right? Both of them, George and John, both went to 35. I went to 33. Um, so they were hating it. <laughs> especially, dude, especially uh, like three months later, four months later, uh, they flipped to the debt concept. Oh, boy. Everybody was pissed. 
Yeah. Everybody was very unhappy <laughs> about the yeah. their squadron being the dead concept. It was just bad. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. So I uh, when I got there, I was the only one, um, and like I said, some dudes had just come. Back. I think I want to say two. The Jersey Debt Jet Nine came back. Um, yep. And somebody else, the two. So we had a we had an influx of people, and so. The, the chief said, yeah, go do SAR jumps. So we did SAR, my first two flights are SAR jumps. Night cool. and day. Um, yeah, and it's amazing. Like, once you get to the fleet squadron, how rap, how quickly the, the momentum, you know, of what you need, you know, of what you need to do starts building. There's not, there's not a lot of, um, there is dead time, but not as much as you might, might think maybe. I'm not talking about you specifically, but. No. People that are listening, you're not, you're not, you're sitting around, but at the same time, uh, there's always stuff that, uh, they have planned that you're going to do or that you're going to do. So for example, I got there in March and I think by, I want to say, um, into April, you know, then I got signed off. I could go fly by myself Yeah. You know, yep. and I did a few flights and, uh, you know, and then you start to get to know like the fleet, the pilots that are in the squadron and it's a little bit becomes a little more, you start building a more camaraderie and more of a, of a reputation and, you, get, you know, it, it becomes more relaxed and more, uh, you start by that end of that first month to six weeks. Now you're kind of like not so much the newbie anymore and you really realize, okay, this guy isn't a clown and, uh, you know, he's going to be somebody that can really, uh, be a positive contribution to um, the air crew shop and the squadron and et cetera. So it started and, getting pretty cool at that point. And you get, and you're getting an idea of, of the rotation, like how many, how many, how much, how long it's going to be before you get sent on deployment. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, how many, which, how many debts your squadron is on the hook for. Um, yeah. Our operations. And, and office, this was all, and that was all coming fairly quickly for me because um, I was on a debt. So I got there in what I said. Uh, March. March. I was on a debt by June. Okay. So did you spend any time at the line? Yes, I did. I uh, maybe like that first, like I said, six weeks coming into May. Um, I did uh, debt up in Barking Sands. I was up there for a week. Okay, the ASW range. Flew my hiney, flew my hiney off, and got a bunch of PQS signed off. I got contact time on a diesel when we still had the the four diesel submarines. The uh, I think it was the barbell. Okay. And uh, got t- contact time on that. Contact time on an LA class and. You know the the target that they put in, all that stuff, torp drops, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Got a bunch of PQS uh, signed off because in order to go on deployment, you have to be what's known as alpha qualified, <clears throat> and that's what's when you're fully mission qualified as a sensor operator. So I was you know working up toward that, and came back from that detachment, and pretty quickly they said, all right, you need to go down to the line, start working on your pqs for playing captain and i and i hit the ground running with that um and i got done in like about a little under a month i think i got everything done 
And that consisted of the same thing, PQS, you're a trainee. So being a trainee really sucks, and that's a high, that's a definite motivator for getting qualified yep. as a plane captain. Get it done. Because when you're the trainee, you got to do the fuel samples. That sucks. Well, okay. you got to grease. It's a double you whammy. you got to grease and wipe the head. Don't forget it's a double whammy, right? You're, you're, you're a trainee for being on the line yep. and getting a plane captain. And you're an AW. And also, yes, exactly. You're an AW that's, that's, uh, that the maintenance types typically don't like for a myriad of reasons. So they, they enjoy the schadenfreude of talking you, yeah. making your oh, life yeah, there's a little three bit birds out on the line. Go do the fuel samples. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, that might sound easy, but it's not. Um, six, 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 three. <laughs> yeah. Six, and six then fuel samples. I went to uh, a couple of schools too, while I was, uh, doing all in the midst of all this i went to a school to get checked out on all the different gse equipment um to get a license you actually had a license for what they call yellow gear the 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 nc8 uh the jg75 and the tow tractor the nan 2-3 cart the pond 6 um I forget if there was any other ones. Is there any other ones that we typically right, so did? The tow tractor, TA seventy five tow tractor, NC eight. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the Pond six. Um, yeah, the oil. That's the for oiling the for, engines and the transmission. Um, what is it? Uh, portable oiling, whatever. Um, yeah. But and then there was the the, HSU, but that wasn't considered yellow gear though. There was a Jenny, but I never got qualified on on a. On a uh, hydraulic no, generator. No, I never got qualified. I mean, I used to help them use it, but I never was checked out. I got checked out on the NAN cart, though. But so you can serve the nitrogen nit- for like the, the well, tail strut. I didn't and all get. That. I didn't get NAN. I didn't get nitrogen. Just yeah. Just the NC8 TA75 and the oiler, because that's really yeah. what you use on the line, right? Yeah. The, the 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 nitrogen and the hydraulics are shop. Or they're usually used by shop work centers. Uh, not, uh, uh, went to corrosion control school. Yeah, I did that. That was freaking boring. Three days. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that was really boring. I mean, it was it learned a lot, but it was also boring at the same time. Um. So I got qualified as a plane captain fairly, relatively quickly. And and then I figured I was done, and they're like, no, you're going to stay down there for another, like, three weeks and just work as a plane captain. <laughs> so I kind of kind of screwed myself a little bit in that I thought I was going to be – I might as well milked it, you know. Yeah, because I, I think they, they counted on you you as a body for a certain yeah. amount of time. Because – Well, I also think they saw that I knew what I was doing, too, and they, and, the, and the chief wanted me to stay down there. In fact, he tried to get me to stay down there longer. He goes, you know, when he, when when like my chief was screaming, "Hey, we need to get him back because he's going to be going on debt in about a month," and he said, "Well, you you want to stay down here till you go on debt?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, <laughs> I like working for you. I like working for you, chief." Which I did. This was before they had high year tenure, and this guy was a chief, and he had like almost 30 years in the navy, kind of an older guy, you know, <laughs> sort of fatherly type, and he was a really good guy. And I was like, "Well, chief." I kind of need to get going because I, I'm getting ready to go on debt and I need to get these quals. And I go, yeah, I, understand. I get it. So I guess I'll have to let you go. So I went back up to the shop and uh, I think that was, oh, I, they sent me to 
uh, ordnance school at Ford Island, and, and that's where we learned about how to, we actually banded up a torpedo. Yeah, you told you told you told us about that last time. That was a fun school. We had a really cool torpedo man, submariner chief uh, was the instructor, and uh, it was out on Ford Island, so that was pretty interesting. You know, so like lunchtime, we're going down and looking at like the the mooring keys, you know, where the battleship row and, yeah. and all that. So that was kind of cool. Uh, it was a little weird. You had to take a boat to get over there. Uh, they didn't have the bridge at the time. So you had to t- take the ferry to get over there. And uh, so we saw the buildings, you know, that where Com Sub Pack was, and it was actually where Com Sub Pack was during World War II. So, you know, that was kind of, that was actually really interesting. And it was in the same building, too. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, of course, it was a submarine facility. So they had a really good chow hall there, of course. Did that, and now I'm doing more flying, more quals, and now it's time to go on debt. You know, I've, I've done this detachment where I got all the quals, got my plane captain qualification, and, you know, most of a good chunk of my PQS done, and, uh, you know, working on getting all these alpha quals done. And so when, I got assigned. When, go ahead. I was, gonna, I was about to ask, well, when did you actually get put on a debt? I want to say it was uh, like early June of 84, mid early, mid-June 84. So three months. Call it three months. Yeah. Yeah, and I was a busy three months too. See, my, my you know, now my experience is a little, little bit different. Um, I got there end of April, middle April, um, a few flights before, you know, they say, okay, yeah, he, he's not a complete idiot. Um, yep. And then come July, you know, okay, it's time for you to go to the line shack. Um, yep. And, you know, my first day there, I got put on swing shift. So I worked a double. My first day at the line, I worked from 7 in the morning till freaking 1130 at night. Yeah, it, I, was on, I was on day shift the whole time, so was, I can't about that. But it was, it, was, it was so arbitrary and last minute. Like, you yeah. know, day shift is getting ready to go. And the chief, um, wait, had he made chief yet? We had no chief, it was just an LPO. I remember the guy, I can remember his face, can't remember his name. Um, and he's like, yeah, uh, we're, we're short one on swings because so-and-so moved on or whatever. Or so-and-so went back to the shop. And the division right. the division officer looked, just looked, surveys the room and randomly picks me out. I don't think I had any idea I was an air crewman. <laughs> it's just like, you're the one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you, you do swings. I'm like, oh. I looked at the guy, you know, the LPO, he knew what I was. He goes, sorry, dude. Shit me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell now the downside to swing shift was on Friday nights, there was no graveyards, right? Graves started Sunday nights in the Monday morning. Cause there's, the line shack ran 24-7 for a week, you know, during the week. They ran 24 hours. The graveyard dudes, their job was to do, um, yeah, I don't remember what. <laughs> I don't remember, but I just know that on Friday nights, we didn't get relieved. So if a flight came in late, it was me and one other dude because it, uh, it was just me and a, a second class AD. Uh, we were the two guys doing dailies and turns on two or three airplanes uh, 
fuel samples if they're, you know, getting ready to go out the next. I mean, it was just, it was a lot of work, but yep. he, he was really patient and he taught me some stuff, but holy smokes, you know, Friday night had no, there was no end in sight. If there was a bird out, we waited till they had to, we had to wait till they came in, you know, yep. and how long of a hassle was to round up enough people from, from other places to tow it in, you know, drag it into the hangar. Um, but the other nights wasn't so bad, you know. I mean, I learned some stuff, and I, I, and you learn. I don't want to say shortcuts, but you learned what had to be done before you left, you know, what you could let slide and let Graves handle. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? I remember. Yeah. I, I I still remember one time I was on top. I was on top of an airplane. I was probably greasing the head, and you know I'm looking at my watch, and um. We had one more airplane to do, and that was going to be everything: daily turn, grease tail rotor, grease head rotor, uh, rotor head. Right. Take fuel samples, right? And mm-hmm. so I'm sitting there, and I'm you know I'm squirting the and and he's on the ground. He catches my eye, right? And he points to the to the underneath the airplane, gives me the cut. He says, "You know, forget it. Don't do the fuel samples. <laughs> we'll just leave a note for graveyard shift to take those. Um, you know, just to." High good, but you know Friday nights. Nope, had to do it all because you were the last ones. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was fun to a, to a certain extent until I was down there. They sent another AW down there. Do you remember a guy named Bennett? Does not ring any bells. Well, interesting story about him about later on, but they sent him down as a trainee. So here I am, a newly minted plane captain. I think I've been a plane captain about a week, maybe two weeks, something like that. And uh, <clears throat> got a bird out there. We got to turn it around for the afternoon events. So we go out there, and, you know, I got the turnaround deck. And I'm going through it with him and showing him stuff. And, uh, oh, we got to service the hydraulics. We got to service the, uh, I forget which one. Got to service either the main gearbox or the hydraulics. And uh, those reservoirs are up in the forward transmission deck. You had to open up the turtle back cowling there to get at it. So I'm down on the ground and uh, I handed him up the, uh, and to this day I don't remember if it was the. HSU or, or the Pond Six, but one of those two, I handed him up there. Okay, now if it's a Pond and, Six, and low and, <laughs> the Pond Six is not a small. It's a <laughs> no. It's a but. <laughs> I was, thinking, I was a little. I was much stronger and better shape back in those days, you know. Well, <clears throat> I see where this is going, and I'm trying to give, trying to paint the picture of, of how big this device is. Right. <laughs> so I handed whatever I forget. I think it was the Pond Six. I'm pretty sure it was. So I handed it to him. And I said, you know, it's like a couple minutes goes by. It's not like a big deal what he's got to do. And I said, how are things coming along? And he goes, oh, I think I effed up. Oh, yeah? What did you do? I put oil in the hydraulic reservoir. Oh, shit. Which you could easily do, right? <laughs> so so now I'm just going, well, this is this is not good. So now i got to go in and tell the maintenance master, who I remember his name, Master Chief Detloff. <laughs> Master Chief Detloff actually was an, a vet, HC1, HC7 veteran, air crewman. Okay. Right? 
and uh, you know, HC-7 is the Sea Devils, you know, the combat rescue squadron in Vietnam. So he had flown in the Clementines. HAL-3, you mean? That was HAL-3. No, HAL-3 was the uh, the Huey gunship squadron. But they weren't... They weren't, weren't that was the Sea Wolves. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, HC-7. All right, thank you. HC-7 was the Sea Devils. Gotcha, gotcha. You're right. they yeah. had the... Anyhow, now I got to go in and tell the Mass Chief... Um, Hey, Master Chief, how you doing? <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know quite how to tell you this, but the trainee that was out there with me put the wrong fluid in the wrong reservoir. Now, he wasn't really the kind of type that would get yelling and getting losing his temper and freaking out about it, which he didn't, but he definitely was not happy. I've discovered that the people. So that, that was one thing that happened when the, the, I was working out on the line. The people that got shot at a lot, you know, on a regular, mm-hmm. you know, Vietnam types. Yeah. Most of the ones that I knew that were U.S. and Vietnam were not screamers and yellers. They were, no, he was a really nice they man, were, actually. They were very chill. The people mm-hmm. that I knew that had, you know, flown H2s under fire, they were very chill people. Yep. And we had a couple of them. We had an ADC. It was also a HC1, HC7 veteran, and uh, he ran the power plant shop. And I'll never forget him going out with a broom handle and putting it up to an engine mount and going, yep, got a cracked engine mount. <laughs> nice. And sure enough, he was right. Yeah. You know. So these old guys, and he wasn't that old. For, at that time, he was probably like 40. But but uh, 20 years. Me, he was old. Yeah, it's 20 years of dealing with H2s and various whatever. Um so okay, so my you were on the line for almost two months, about, right? About, about six weeks. Six weeks. All right, I did two months solid, all of July, all of August, and the only and the only way I got off the line is because my debt formed up on the first of September. Yeah, no, debt's up. He's done. So they got just as much notice that I was leaving as I got that I was going to be working swing shift. <laughs> They came and found me. They I came in to do my swing shift. They came and found me. Yeah, no, we're on debt, dude. You're done here. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, they um, they brought me back. I don't know, two or three weeks before I actually went on debt. Yeah, no, we and, formed um, we formed we formed up on the first. They gave us our cage, gave us an airplane. Um. Yeah, yeah we got uh, we got beer number uh, one five one three one four. Uh, Tango Hotel Five Two. And uh, um, shoot, one five one three three five. Had a lieutenant commander for our OIC, and uh, we had a lieutenant, two lieutenants that had been stationed pilots before, and so they had quite a bit of flying experience. And um, you know, maintenance officer and. Um, Ad, or ops officer, and then our admin was uh, a JG, a, a Nugget, first cruise guy. So you're, um, the boat you sailed on was stationed at Pearl then? Home ported at Pearl? Yes, USS uh, Badger FF1071. Uh, Knox oh, class boat, okay. And, uh, you know, we started flying, started getting the bird uh, fixed up and doing things. And uh, we went out on a six-week short cruise. 
Where'd you go on your shark? Which was actually, it was a lot of fun. We um, went from Hawaii. Pretty much, I think it was about uh, maybe eight, nine days. We escorted a uh, amphibious readiness group that was coming back. Okay. So it was like there was an LHA, I think it was the uh, Bellow Wood, an LSD, the Thomaston. I remember those two ships because I landed, I landed on all of them at some point, but I remember the names of those two specifically. And then we pulled into San Diego. We we're going to be in San Diego for, I don't know, about a week. Because I remember we, there I was back in 864 again. Really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and this is in June, you say? Maybe late June, early July. And, uh, you know, we flew the ship, uh, flew the, uh, we might have been there a little longer, maybe eight to ten days. Because the ship was having some kind of work done on it or something like that, you know. And, uh, so where'd you keep they your airplane? Couldn't do in Hawaii. And, and uh, I think we got sponsored by you guys because I hung out in your shop. That's that was the first time I'd ever been up there. It was kind of like a, <laughs> like in a attic or something. Yeah, dude. Like <laughs> kind of weird how you even found it. I, I don't think I'd have found it if I if someone didn't lead me to it. Dude, those stairs, <laughs> those steep ass stairs, that were, yep. they, you know, and it was almost there. It was almost like two stories up, right? They were up. It was yeah. up there. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember uh, exactly who I encountered there. I mean, I don't know if you were there or not, um, but I, I definitely know I was up there. If you if you're there in July, I was working swings on the line, so that's probably why we didn't um, we didn't cross paths. If you were, I want to say that when I was before I went on that deployment or that deployment that shore cruise, they had Rimpack and one of your deaths was in Hawaii. Okay, and, uh, they, so, and, and we you, sponsored your, your guys' helicopter at our in our hangar. That okay, that would have been well. When when I when we were getting ready to go, we did a short cruise, um, and we went to San Francisco Fleet Week. We left like October first. Yep. We took two mm-hmm. weeks to get up to San Francisco. Did San Francisco Fleet Week the middle of October, and then transited to Pearl. Um, but we didn't fly. We, we were in Pearl for like three days only. So we didn't fly off or nothing. We just came in, did some, you know, typical Pearl Harbor nonsense weekend right. off and then cruise back home for the uh, middle of November. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we didn't, uh, I never seen Barber's Point. Oh, okay. And three trips yeah, to Hawaii, so we- never saw Barber's Point. We were there, uh, and oh, here's what's interesting. Maybe you might, maybe you might jog your memory more. So we were there at the same time for the, the Italian Navy. Yes, I remember. In, I remember the Italians, and they had those uh, Hueys there. Each ones, yes, yes. I remember them. Yeah, that's very... when I was there, right? <laughs> and here's what's here's what's weird, right? So we we were gonna guys. we were gonna fly a little bit while we were there. I think we we're gonna do a phase. And then, of course, we got to do the functional check, and we're going to fly a little bit, not a lot, because we actually had – we it was a working port, even though we were – you know, the, it was a working port for the ship and us. And we I think we had, like, one day off by uh, that time we were there. And we, and we didn't really work that hard even when we did. We did work. You know, we got the phase done a couple of days, got the uh, functional check flight done, and then I think we flew, uh, you know, a sortie or two a day. And uh, we took one day off. 
So we got our bird out there, and I'm out there pre-flighting it, and there's like two of those in Navy, uh, Agosta Huey 212s, you know, the one that had the radar up on the top, and it had yeah. actually had a sonar in it. I was like, man, yeah. this is a freaking weird-looking helicopter. Had a, had, and, a, uh, had a dipping sonar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, AQS-13 in it, yeah. yeah. And and these, these guys, this guy comes over, it's Italian Navy guy, because they had a dead battery in their they, helo. They, they were, yeah. they were, they were, they were going to go fly. They were, yeah, they were going to go fly. And, and, and they had a dead battery and he's like, uh, can we, we need a, and it was a weekend. I want to say too, it was like a Saturday oh, or Sunday. Shit. And so you I don't think there was really anybody around except you're like at that point, the SDO and the duty driver, you know, at the squadron there. And, uh, they, they wanted to take our battery out of our helicopter same battery in their helicopter. H yeah h1 and h2 use the same battery i was like uh <laughs> yeah. no you can't do that yeah, yeah jump yeah, started seriously, yeah. they seriously wanted to take our bat borrow it yeah but, but you know like, no you can't do that h1 h1's battery start all the time yep they they don't so they don't bet start I, with external they power. finally got it running somehow and here's the weird thing is they took off and they didn't air taxi they just took off like they didn't hover taxi to like the spot, you know, by the end of the runway. Yeah. They just did like a vertical takeoff and then went. I'm like, that's pretty weird. Yeah, that was not. That's not normal course rules for North Island. I know that. No, no, uh, no. I, we were just these guys were just like bizarre. Well, okay, so I remember uh, when they showed up. I remember when they came yep. and, they, and it was our line shack that was responsible for them. And that yep. same LPO said, "Hey, anybody ever worked with the Huey before?" <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Well, uh, I've sat in one. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I got need... hoisted by one. Does yeah, that count? exactly. Yeah, no, we need to know to put the wheels on the skids. What are you yeah. talking? About? And you know these little pump jack things that you know you snap them into these holes and pump it up, and it and it. They push, had a push. weird paint job too. They're like they're like the color green of the H two, but they had like orange paint like on the nose and the yeah. Well, the, 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 the tail, yeah. you know, day glow orange. Yeah, yeah. But so, they they look. They looked really bastardized. They had a, like an LN-66 radar up on the top. The, the, and then they had the dipping sonar. Because yeah. um, I looked inside so of it. So did I. You know, so did like, I. I just, the, uh, the, when it was time to move them in the hangar, we hooked them. They knew how to hook up the wheels. And they knew how to hook up the tow tractor, right? Um, yeah. But it was like a Mutt and Jeff couple of dudes, right? The senior guy was a big, round dude. And the junior guy was a little skinny guy. Yeah, and I remember so, the little skinny. And so, <laughs> when it came time to tow them into the hangar, right? You you had to hang on to the stinger to counterbalance yeah. because they the the they didn't have front wheels with them. They just had the the pump up pump jack wheels for the back of the skids. So here's this little yeah. skinny guy hanging on the stinger of his H1, trying to keep the front of the skids from bouncing on the ground <laughs> as we're dragging it into the hangar. Yeah. I'd, Oh, and then and we all got taken aside. All the AWs got taken aside. Do not zap these airplanes. Do oh, not yeah. put any stickers on these airplanes. If any of you get caught, put stickers on these airplanes, you will get in trouble. You're going to math. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, that's a time-honored tradition in the USN, right? Someone else's airplane's right. in your hangar, you're going to get zapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Yeah, I've forgotten about those Italian dudes. Yep. So then we pulled out of San Diego, and our tasking was to go up to um, Esquimalt in Canada. 
which is the major Navy base on the West Coast for the Canadian Navy. And we were going to work out on the Nanus range. I don't know if you ever worked out there. It's a joint Canadian. Nope. ASW range between uh, basically between Vancouver and Van and Victoria Island. And uh, wow, that's not it a was lot. Really neat. That's not a, that's not a big waterway. So it's pretty big though, between Vancouver Island and it's big enough. You know, like where the Straits of Juan de Fuca and all that are. So it was a really cool thing that we did because we anchored in Nanaimo, which is um, yeah across around the corner from but, from Victoria. Well, okay. And okay. every day we went out on this range, and then we anchored about three o'clock in the afternoon and about sixteen thirty Liberty call, and we did that for about a week. Nice. And uh, doing ASW. Get more quals done, and then we hopped across, and we we spent five days on Liberty in um, <clears throat> Vancouver. So we're getting a lot of Liberty on this cruise. Nice. And then we went back to Hawaii. So it's pretty interesting, my first experience. But I will also say this, Mike: we did not have a good debt chief. That kind of that kind of a. Uh... Which translated into me getting five or six hours of sleep if I was lucky a night. And the officers just weren't paying attention to that. In spite of us complaining about it. How about the first class? Was the first class at least decent enough to keep a... He was actually a good guy, but he wasn't strong enough personality-wise to stand up to this chief that we had. He was actually a really, really nice guy. I liked him a lot. I really did. And he was a real... He treated us really well, but our chief treated him like he was like a third class. Did your um, did your did your debt change personnel from day one to pulling out to you know actually going on deployment? Not a whole lot, but there was some change. Yeah, we we got rid of one officer and got another one, which wasn't a good thing either. Okay, because yeah, we 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 got a we got a freaking terrible maintenance officer. Our officer corps stayed the same, the air crewmen stayed the same, but we our chief changed twice. Um, you know the chief we started with a guy named Senior Chief Frisbee. He was on our first um, our first deployment, our first cruise, our first six week cruise. When we I came back, a, I want to say that I ran across him later on, like on shore duty at HSL 31. When we came back from that six week cruise, he got moved up to, um, he got moved up to the forward deployed debt because something happened. So they needed a new chief. So he got, so our next short cruise, we got a different guy. I can picture him. I can't remember his name. We didn't have him as our debt chief very long. And then our final guy was, he didn't work out. You mean, or, um, no, I don't think he – I think he was just a – they knew he was not going to be uh, our permanent guy. He, I think he was just coming back or he was almost done. Oh, so he was just filling in, filling in. Filling because that guy – you know, Frisbee got moved out. So this guy got put in charge, you know, just to help us trend, you know, keep a chief. Um, and he went with us on our next short cruise, which was only like six days long. Um, and then by the time we rolled out on our third short cruise, we had gotten the guy we were going to have for good um, – as our debt chief. 
our first class, our both we lost both of our uh, metalsmiths, both AMSs, uh, well, one AMS, one MH, both lost them both. Um, one was a one one was an E three that had a real alcohol problem. Um, oh well. <laughs> I mean, he knew his job, right? But like, he, uh, like getting in trouble, like picking fights with with the the members of the detachment, right? He'd get drunk, pick fights, and since he was drunk, that's not a good thing. Well, since he was drunk, he'd get his ass kicked, right? I mean, just get beat up because no one wants to put up with his crap. So he gets beat up. Right. Next day, he sobers up and thanks you for beating him up because he knew he was being an ass. <laughs> so <laughs> he got uh, he got he got replaced. A little dysfunctional. Yeah, uh, we had a first class um, AMS one. Uh, I can't remember what happened to him. He got replaced, and then we had an uh, uh, an, a- an electrician airman who had really bad attitude. Really bad attitude. He did not want to go on deployment. He was he. He's an airman. Yeah, A E A N, and oh my gosh, and he was such a punk. He had a mouth on him, and he was just he was just dead weight. He was doing his. I can't best. imagine that he lasted very long. He was doing his best to be dead weight, and he made it all the way until we got to the PI on our. You know, we left of our actual deployment on February, whatever, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, went to Pearl, made it to Pearl. We pull into the PI, he was gone. We pull into the PI, his replacement was waiting for us on the pier. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, if I'm sure he got out, uh, other than honorable, because he was just he was trying to get out and just being a big jerk about it. So, and the dude that replaced him, we felt so bad for him. He had just got married. Yeah, and if somebody that's like that, you can't trust him out with to work, to, to work on the aircraft either. Ah, oh. He had just got married. Um, he married a lady with two kids, so he's gonna be like their new dad. And he's oh, so when we got the, you know, when you're on deployment, you get the ombudsman videos. Right. Right. Where the where the person at home goes and has little video greetings taped to send right. to. Yeah. Every single time this guy's family was on, the wife was in tears. It was so heartbreaking. And and it's because his other guy was a flake that this guy got screwed. <laughs> this is the same guy. That's that, a shame. This is the same guy that shaved the wrong leg for, for his walk initiation. Jeez. <laughs> you know, he had to shave one leg from the knee down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's sitting across from you shaving... The mirror image of you. <laughs> We're like, dude, you shaved the wrong, the wrong one. He's like, no. So he had to shave them both. Now they're going to really mess no, with you. No, he had to shave them both. He had to shave, he shaved the other oh, one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> From the knee down. It was hilarious. I'm sorry. I got the, <laughs> I cut off on a tangent. But um, So I came back from that sorry. short cruise, and then um, I guess that puts us close to, um, you know, kind of coming up on, uh, what, September-ish? <laughs> Now we're going to go on our "quote unquote" uh, Westpac. So it's it's interesting to see how much acceleration happens between between where you went and how that squadron worked versus where I went. Because in reality, you left only a month before I did, right? Yep. You left end of March to your fleet squadron. I left end of April. 
I left on my first six-week cruise one October. And, and I left. And I'd already, by then, I'd already departed a month earlier on my first West Pack. Your actual West Pack, right? So, yeah. you know, I didn't, I didn't depart from my, on my West Pack till, let's see, so April, so May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Ten months after I landed at the squadron did my actual West, West Pack depart in February of 85. Ten months. Yeah, that's why they only got one cruise out of you. <laughs> and for you, it was what, four months? Big difference, yeah. big difference, and, and and it, you know, I'm sure it has to do with uh, squadron op tempo, well, it's all about, and it's all about timing and, and what they, and, where they need a warm body at the time. Yeah, and how many, how many, you know, AWs you have in the squadron? Um, did you go with three or two on your first deployment? Went with three. Yeah, see, so because we had we were we were we had a little extra, we had a few extra AWs floating around. We went with three as well. One of them was Dan Eaton. Remember Danny? Eaton? Mm-hmm. He was one class ahead of me, two classes ahead of you. Yeah, see, I don't remember him. Um, so now we're going to go on cruise. We're going to leave like a roughly September. We get all geared up to go, and they go, your, uh, your, deploy- your deployment has been modified. Uh-oh. What does that mean, modified? So instead of being, <laughs> instead of being a uh, six-month cruise, it's going to be a three-month cruise. Oh, that's. And you're going to go to um, Guam and Yakuska and come back. So you went, you didn't get you didn't go with the battle group then. Nope. It was we- Independence Team. We went with the um, the Joseph Strauss uh, DDG. Were you supposed to? Were you, was it originally supposed to be a, a, a CV? Yeah, pen? we were supposed to be with the uh, Carl Vincent Battle Group, and I don't know why we didn't go. I don't I have no to this day. I don't know what happened. Vincent must have been home ported in Alameda at that point. Yeah, because we were all nope. we North Island was Ranger, Kitty Hawk, and Constellation. Those are the only three carriers yep. that were in Southern California. But that was an interesting three months. You know, we uh, we rode out a typhoon that showed up between uh, the Philippines and Guam. And we were in Guam for like a week. They had to fix the ship. The ship got torn up a little bit. That's crazy. And, uh, and then we participated in Fleet X-84, which was the first time there had been three carrier battle groups in the sea of Japan since like world war two or something like that. That was cool because now this is when I'm seeing the real stuff. Like we're getting overflowed by overflown by bears. Okay. Badgers, yeah. males, maize, all this stuff. You know I mean? This is just like, you know, oh, oh wow. There's a cure off. You know, your sight, your sight recognition is coming, is coming to life in front of you, right? Your sight recognition. Yeah, are... I mean, and we're actually shadowing a Kirov class uh, CG, and you know, doing some cool. We did some spec ops. You mean the Kirov? There's only one, right? Not the Kirov, a Kara class cruiser. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. But saw that crested to some other stuff. And uh, pulled into Yakuska a couple times, and then we went back to Hawaii. Were you guys like the op four? 
were you guys like the old beard? You grew a beard? Yeah, no beards. And then uh, 85, January 1, no more beard. So we had a beer, sha- or beer uh, no, shaving party. It was, it was uh, no, it was October 1st of 84. Well, I, was, I had a was, beer on that. You sure was it the ter- start of the, the FY that they said no more beards? Well, it could have been January of 85. It might have been. I know I had a beard on that shore cruise, and I know I had it when we started that. Yeah. Deployment. Maybe I did have to shave it off one October, or maybe the captain of the ship said you guys can keep the beard while we're at sea, and then you got to cut it off before we pull in or something. That used to set the navy apart. Well-groomed beards. Ah, so you said three carriers, right? Do you remember the yep. three? Yep. Was the Enterprise, the Midway, and the uh, Carl Vinson. And were you guys like opposing force? I guess, yeah. We were, we were doing some exercises. I know we did some stuff where we uh, simulated like we were a, like a small boat, but we we're the helicopter or low-flying okay. aircraft, like a, you know, that was gonna crash onto the carrier or something like that. <laughs> we did that. Did they see? We like- did some uh, ASW operations where we had against the Japanese. Okay. Japanese diesels and stuff. Work with the Japanese uh, Navy. That was cool. Land on some Japanese uh, ships. It was really, really very uh, cool. And like so then we came back to the states, and now it's coming up on Christmas time, and we figure, oh, they're going to disband the debt. Nope. <laughs> Did you get recycled? Well, we just maintained the debt. And what sucked is like I moved out of my other barracks room. Now I'm in a different barracks. Because every time you move, went on deployment, they moved out. Now we're back. We're back in the barracks again. And the master chief is like, yeah, when you guys go out again, you're going to have to move again. <sighs> out. Really? Okay. So they kept us deaded up, and we did uh, one, two, three. At least three, maybe one, four cheesy little cruise up to Barking Sands, you know, Kauai, for yeah. three or four days. So we did... Uh, Another three months on debt with um, like a short cruise every month that was like a couple of weeks long that we didn't go anywhere except float off the coast of Hawaii somewhere. So that really sucked. Oh, we're going to go out for 18 days. Where are we going? Nowhere. <laughs> what do you mean nowhere? Yeah, we're going to go out and <laughs> circle yeah. around, do some stuff, and oh come back to Pearl Harbor. My um Talk about like total lack of motivation at that point. Yeah, it's uh, the the two. So my two short cruises, one was six days, one was like ten days or two weeks or whatever. Um, they both were within view of freaking San Diego, at least twice. Right. You know, I mean, just you go up past the Coronados, maybe, and then you end up floating back in doing whatever. Yeah, you just kind of hang around San Clemente Island. Yeah, and and it was you know. There's do and it was for the boats to do their stuff, but you know, they're cruising, so we're going. And uh, you know, right. one one time was NGF. You know, they were doing their naval gunfire support. You know, shelling San Clemente Island, and you know, we're not flying. I mean, because we didn't take off in time or whatever. So we're sitting in the freaking shop while the two five inch guns fore and aft. Are pounding are pounding the beach at, at San Clemente, and you know, those things are freaking loud, and mm-hmm. and they make the whole ship rattle. 
<laughs> little five inch thirty eight. Yeah, we had a five inch fifty four caliber. Oh. The mount mount fifty two up on the bow. Yeah, uh, it was. See, so you, you know, you're sitting there just bang, bang, and it just yeah. It was it was loud and long, and then you know, that was the um, that was the. Uh, that was also the cruise where uh, me and Gordon talked on our PRC 90s and got in trouble. Oops. Well, they, they, were, they were doing some sort of, uh, it was unrep practice or whatever there, you know, the, his his Knox class book, because he was getting ready to go um, to the Ford deployed. So they were, they were on the USS Hepburn um, doing AKA. something. AKA the USS Heartburn. Hashburn. Because it was full of drugs. They call it the Hashburn. He told me. Uh but so they were they were the the my boat and his boat they were doing some sort of, you know, steaming next to each other, like practicing on on underway replenishment. Cause they were so we're trying to talk to each other with hand signals, you know. <clears throat> Wasn't working. So I <laughs> I hold up my my hand to my head like a telephone, right? I go get my survival radio and I come back because I was going to show it to him, right? But he knew what I meant because he's out there with his already. (laughs) So (laughs) we dialed up the alternate frequency. Hey, how long you out? Three days. (laughs) And don't think that they didn't have an intercept of you guys talking on the radio. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? The the chief (laughs) was waiting for... Oh, that had to be our cruise in January because it was the new chief. Standing by our little the little void where we kept our flight gear, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm coming back and he's standing there, dude. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> and and we probably shared three sentences, right? Yeah, when you go, when you when you pull him back in, three more days. Oh, I got another week. <laughs> we were That's out. A big no no. We were out. We were out to see for the Super Bowl that year, and that was that was also the. Uh, uh, the uh, time where, um, nope. See, I'm getting some dates confused. I want to say I'm getting some dates confused because the the airplane that Gordon had on his little deployment, his little short cruise on the on the Hepburn, was the same aircraft that killed Ampong. Right. So it had to have been the December short cruise. Because it was the January short cruise where uh, that crash occurred. Because uh, we went to their memorial service before we left. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, so we came back from that. Uh, or we got finally got our debt disbanded. So now we're into, I don't know, maybe uh, March or April. Probably March-ish. Wow, well, I, I wanted I wanted to go on cruise again, and uh, they had a debt forming that was going to be HSL thirty seven debt seven India in that Sugi Japan that was going to deploy in September of the same year. So, well, that's six months later. I uh, was back on debt by June again. Wow. And uh, maybe May. Working up, and the workup for that deployment for that deployment was a two month short cruise. 
So this is 85 still. Yeah, now we're at 85 and went on a two-month shore cruise. And that was probably the most coolest time that I was in the Navy. Because that's when I got the the on-top time of Victor 3, uh, a Delta 3, and a Yankee 2. Huh. So, so interesting. Two two boomers and a freaking mm-hmm. fast. Okay, so the Victor 3... Was it somewhere around Hawaii? Yep, because what had happened was uh, after President Reagan moved the uh, put the cruise missiles, the, the Tomahawk land land attack cruise missiles in the UK, Turkey, and uh, I think Germany, the Russians moved in all their SSBNs from their bastions and brought them in to the Gulf of Alaska. You know, they had the Yankee box and the Delta box. Yeah, and of course they deployed their SSNs to protect them and uh, went out in an ASW battle group that had the USS Truxton was where the Commodore was at. Nice. We had uh, three of our debts. One of them, Kazook, was on. Ha! <laughs> Glenn Kazook. His only underway time the entire time in the Navy, believe it or not, was how that the, cruise. How the heck? Uh, he, he, was, uh, he was in tight with our chief, man. It was not cool. He was a. Um, so he should have been. In your, uh, he, he was, was a in, conniving little. He was in your. He was in your SAR school class, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I never liked him. He was my roommate uh, when I got the 864. Yeah, I never liked him. Just because of the shit that everybody. Actually, he was not really very popular there at the squadron because a lot of people could see what he was doing. Uh, yeah. So whatever. And uh, so there's. Three HSL 37 debts. Three, wow. I want to say an HSL 35 debt and maybe even an HSL 33 debt. Two spruances. Each one of them had an H3, one from HS14, one from HS8. Really? And and our whole job was to go out there and uh, chase these Russian submarines around, doing all passive operations. And then last... Full 24 hours before we all pulled into our respective ports, we went into Seattle, uh, Tachikan, Alaska. Other okay. ships went to An- uh, Anchorage and whatnot. Um, we were allowed to go active, and we were dropping like die gas buoys. I see you probably hammering the crap out of them, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> I was getting, I got mads off of this Yankee. What? Um, but yep. See. Oh, I have, I have listening oral listening i had the sound i could the turn the turn count i could i actually heard like practically the hydrophone bouncing off the hull as they went by <laughs> that's because we were data linking and then you know like they were tell, we were talking on the secure they were talking on the secure radio yeah the, the uh, sonar operator they had a stgc a senior chief wow really sharp guy and yeah he was saying he had direct path on a, on a freaking on this yankee that was close to the ship because the ship actually had active sonar contact on him and we vec tacked in on the guy and uh got a mad off of him dropped the smoke i mean and this was at night too it was cool as shit wow i had intel that there was a victor three around earlier in the in this uh cruise and uh so 
we're flying around. We was one of those uh, car carriers. You know, that carries yeah. the cars. Roll off, roll off, yeah. Yeah, so we dropped some buoys, and sure enough, that's where the son of a bitch was. Hiding underneath the, uh, the yep. merchant. Because we uh, data linked, and they had lines, and it was a Type 2-3 power plant. That's... And I had... That's... I could hear it, because I could... Well, my, uh, I had six hours of contact. That's all I got. Ever. On my one deployment. I got contact much later in my time. I got contact on a Iranian kilo class. But that's when that you, cool. that's when you went to the dark side and went HS, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll save that. For that was next. pretty cool. We'll save that for later. Yeah. Um, so basically, we're we're at the point now. I'm getting ready to go on my first deployment, which I think is probably a good time to. Okay. Call it the to wrap it up. Yeah, because that's kind of how you did yours too. Yep, you know, kind of yep. like the the beginning part, and then some, now we're getting ready to go on up. deployment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a as good a breaking point as any. Um, before we sign off, I'll. Uh, we didn't do this last time because uh, we haven't we haven't heard from anybody in a while. So you know you can you can write us. Uh, I will answer eventually. <laughs> we'll probably read your mail as we record, but uh, yeah, it would be be nice to hear from some more folks. So you can write us at Mike at NavalAir.net or Scott at NavalAir.net. Ask us questions. Or if you want to tell us your story, you can do that too. Um, so with that, uh, we'll. Uh, why don't you get a Why don't you get a hold of Sully? It'd be cool to have him do this. Oh, I have I have his I card bet somewhere. He'd be glad to do it. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I can get a hold of him, you know, via Facebook. I'm sure he'd be glad to do it. Yeah, we're Facebook friends too. I I just have his. I have I have a card with a phone number. You know, where we. Can talk him through it. I think that's a good. I'll reach out to. I'll I'll, I'll reach out mm-hmm. to uh, the colonel for this. Not the colonel with the wee beady eyes. This is a good dude. He did retire from the uh, from the guard as a full bird. I think. Yes. Didn't he? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Still humble as ever, too. Nice guy. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll reach out. I, to I him. think he was actually up for general. No, really. He just yeah, yeah, in the guard there in Nevada. Not that. All right, we'll get Sully, because he's got the. It'd be nice to have some pilot perspective. Because I think one of his last jobs, he was like the director of safety for the, the guard for both the Air National side and both, you know, the whole yeah. the. I know he had a Nevada big, guard. He had a big, he had a big time gig. I know he was also a, on the California side. He was the property officer, like he was in yep. charge of, all the assets of the California National Guard for a bit. So. And he flew the Sky Crane. When he uh, in Reno, when he was in the guard in Nevada, and hooks and the Chinooks. Yep. And then our little H two. Yep. So yeah, he. I think he flew, did some, got some C twelve time too. You know, the King Air. As a station pilot. No, I think in the Army Guard. Oh, maybe over there too. Yeah, because I know he did some time in the sandbox. Yeah. Yeah, I'll reach yeah he's out. a good guy. I'll reach out to. To uh, to Mr. Sullivan, get his take on some of this stuff. 
So yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. <sighs> I'll do that right after we after we close this out. Cool. So, one more plea to write us, and uh, we'll uh, I'll do my usual close of uh, thank you for listening, and to ask you all to stay safe. God bless.